0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where my mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is season six, episode 22, the top takeaways from season six. Wow, it's so hard to believe that I am finishing season six and my first solo season. This season has been so good for me. One, because I got to share ideas about ways that we can take care of ourselves as leaders. And two, sharing them with you has actually caused me to be a little more mindful with my own practices. So last week, I was joined by my former co-host, Dr. Laura Donnelly, as we talked about the heavy load that counselors carry as they support students and adults in your building. As school leaders supporting others, students, staff, families, is what we do. We work tirelessly to ensure systems and structures are established and maintained so that our schools run smoothly. We work to remove barriers for others and work hard to shield our staff from the outside pressures. Now, those of you listening, know that this job is not for the faint of heart. It is heavy lifting which is why, according to the Learning Policy Institute, the average tenure for a school principal is, do you want to take a guess? Four years. That's right, you heard me correctly. The average tenure for a school principal, and this was actually pre-pandemic research, is four years. In fact, only 11% of principals stay at their school for 10 years or more <laughs> you know, i'm ending year 15 and i can tell you this more than any other year i have felt that strain this year i have to ask you where are you in your tenure are you within that first four years or are you pushing the long haul like myself 10 years and above or are you somewhere in the middle Now, you've heard me talk a lot about teacher burnout and why teachers are leaving. But before this season ended, I want to take a moment and shed some light on some reasons why principals are leaving. Now, according to that same study by the Learning Policy Institute, here are the top five reasons why principals are leaving the profession. One, inadequate preparation and professional development. Two, Poor working conditions and we've talked about poor working conditions with our staff and we know that that is something typically that we can control for our staff but not always for ourselves in fact there are a number of conditions that fall under the poor working conditions category including access to support the complexity of the job and the amount of time needed to complete all of the necessary requirements that we have our relationships with colleagues, parents, and students, and the disciplinary climate. And we know that that disciplinary climate or those supports inside of the classroom are yet another reason why teachers are leaving. Number three, insufficient salaries. (laughs) Now, that is not something that we can control for teachers, but it is something we can control for ourselves. Looking for districts who pay the amount of money that you need to make to stay in the job. I don't know about you, there are some days that I feel like I could be working for free. Not really, but you know what I mean. And then there are other days to where I feel like you could double my salary and I'd still be happy to hand over the keys. Number four, lack of decision-making authority. Principals are less likely to leave their positions when they believe that they have better, greater control over their work environment, and they have the autonomy to make decisions across a range of issues. And number five, oh, wanna take a moment to guess what this one is? I bet you can guess it, particularly this time of year, hint, hint. That's right, high stakes accountability policies. Oh, how frustrating is it when so much rests with the general public typically on a single score? Now friends, as this year comes to an end, I want to ask you, how are you feeling? Have any of these before-mentioned items impacting you heavily right now? We know the impact that an effective leader has on school success, and let's face it, a revolving door of leaders is not good for any school. But sadly, that's the reality for many schools, especially those schools that are considered high needs. Now, as I close out this season, because of that high turnover, because of the high demands of this job, I felt compelled to just kind of recap some of the top takeaways that I've had from this season. I, like you, know how demanding being a school leader is, but I also want to remind you that you, my friend, are where you are for a reason. Friends, don't forget what a badass you are. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So, to all my fellow badass leaders, I want to end this season with a recap of the top things that you can do for you, yourself, and you as the leader to ensure that your cup doesn't stay on empty. And I'm not disillusioned. I know there are some days that none of these things make a difference. But the goal is to try to put things into sustainable practice so that we don't get burned out. Now, these are in no particular order because I think that they are all equally powerful. All right, let's start with number one. Pay attention to what triggers you. What triggers your exceptionalism? And I want you to write that down so you can make a plan to try to avoid that said thing or things. Number two, and this one is huge. This one could probably be like number two through 100, quite frankly. Set boundaries. And the reason why this is such a big one is because boundaries are needed in every facet of our life. But you might want to start with setting boundaries around your schedule. Or maybe moving, removing email from your phone so that you're protecting your time when you're away from the building. Speaking of protecting time, let's go on to number three, which is start saying no to others and start saying yes to yourself. You know, one of my favorite authors is Jen Sincero, and she says, when you start saying no to the needs of others and yes to yourself, remember, that is not being mean to others. Instead, that is being nice to yourself, and there is a difference. And you all, this is an important one. Remember, no is a complete sentence. Gosh, so often, if you're like me, we feel like we need to explain our no's, even the few times that we say them. But, friends, we don't. In fact, repeat after me no is a complete sentence. Let's say it one more time no is a complete sentence. Number 4. Don't confuse self-compassion with self-pity. Self-compassion is having the same grace and understanding for ourselves that we have for others. Having self-compassion allows us to go <clears throat> to let go of those unrealistic expectations of perfectionism that so many of us have, which usually causes such dissatisfaction. It also derails us from being triggered by exceptionalism and achievement addiction. And instead, allows us to experience true satisfaction. Number five, write down positive affirmations on sticky notes and put them all around your house and all around your office. And practice them daily. Yes, I know if this is not a common practice, this might feel silly at first. But eventually, after a while, you're going to start believing what you're saying to yourself. Number six, while we are on the topic of self-talk, don't forget to practice positive self-talk while you're practicing those affirmations. I mean, let's face it. We usually talk to ourselves in a way sometimes that we would never speak to a friend of ours. So as we continue to work on self-compassion, and yes, I said we, We have to make sure that our friends to ourselves match our words and actions in a positive way. If you want to speak negatively to someone, why don't you tell that bitchy self-critic of yours to shut up and hit the road? Number seven, watch out for signs of compassion fatigue. I have a good feeling that this is a big one for many of us right now. So, just a quick reminder as to what some of those signs are. Number one, burnout. Two, feelings of hopelessness. Three, boy, this one's been hitting me hard lately, exhaustion. Four, decreased ability to empathize with others. Five, irritability and impatience. Six, decreased productivity and job satisfaction. Seven, a reduced ability to feel pleasure. Eight, trouble sleeping. Nine, an urge to isolate yourself from others. Ten, self-doubt and reduced self-esteem. And eleven, signs of anxiety such as breathing difficulties, muscle tension, and digestive problems. Friends, again, it's that time of year where we have given ourselves And for many of us, we might be feeling like we have nothing left to give. Not to our students, our staff, or our families. That is a telltale sign that compassion fatigue is setting in. Now, if you are experiencing any of these signs or many of these signs, I encourage you to go back to listen to episode seven of this season, because in that episode, I provide lots of tips for actually combating compassion fatigue. All right, now let's get back to our list of our top takeaways from this season. Number eight, when you set goals for yourself, make sure that you chunk them into small attainable goals so that you can celebrate early and often. So many times we give up on something because we don't see the benefits of our efforts soon enough. Sound familiar? (laughs) I want you to balance those long-term goals with the shorter ones. Number nine, and this is a hard one for many of us, communicate your needs. Because leaders are so intuitive, we often expect others to read our minds. (laughs) Many of you probably, like me, Expect that not only in the workplace, but in the home as well. In fact, you get frustrated when others don't read your mind. Now, Dr. Brene Brown, who you all know is one of my favorites, she uses a phrase, paint it done. And that's when, when you expect and ask something for someone that you are very clear and concise with what you are asking of them and what it looks like when they have successfully completed it. Remember, Dr. Brown also reminds us, clear is kind. When you need something, be clear and articulate it completely. Number 10, remember, this job that you're in, and life quite frankly, is not a competition. However, because we so often treat them like they are, We fail to acknowledge the efforts and achievements of others for fear that it's gonna make us look less effective. I encourage you friends, lift up your fellow leaders. We can all use that encouragement, right? In fact, today, after you're finished listening to this episode, I challenge you to send a message to a colleague or tag them on social media, highlighting something great that they are doing. Number 11, don't let others steal your joy. If you let them, this job can and will rob you blind. One of my favorite quotes is, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. Remember, You are in charge of your joy. Don't let anyone else take it away from you. Number 12, don't get consumed with things that are outside of your control. Goodness, so many times we spend hours and maybe days worrying and or complaining about things that we cannot control and we cannot change. Remember, you've only got so many hours in a day. Make sure that the things you can control and can impact positively are what you need to spend your time on. Those are the things that need to take up your calendar time. All right, number 13. Remember this one. You drive the culture bus for your school. What you think, say, and do matters. Number 14, and this one goes along with number 13. While you're driving that culture bus, don't let any energy vampires on the bus with you. Speed on past them. Number 15, remember your purpose, friends. In fact, write it down in lots of places. Hang it up next to all those affirmations you have on post-it notes. Have it somewhere that's readily available for you, especially on those really, really tough days. Number 16, analyze your social media intake. How much and what are you consuming each day on social media? After scrolling each day, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, Instagram, any of the social media platforms. After you're scrolling, how does it make you feel? Are you inspired because the people you're following are lifting you up? Or do you leave feeling frustrated and discouraged because you find yourself triggered and comparing yourself to the other people you're, you're following or noticing? If you've not done that inventory, I encourage you the next time you finish and close out your browser, take a pulse check and see how you're feeling. Number 17, take risks, fail forward, and remember, like Glennon Doyle, yes, another one of my favorite authors and podcast hosts, says to us, we can do hard things. Friends, I want you to remember that I am here with you leading, learning, and growing and days struggling, and that's okay. Speaking of struggling, that brings me to number 18. Friends, give yourself grace. Admit it's hard when it's hard. And don't forget to ask some other people for help and extend gratitude when they give it to you. Remember, there is no award for trying to be superhuman All right. This brings us to the final one. And you all, I could have kept going because there were so many great takeaways. It was really hard for me to narrow it down. But number 19 is really a reminder, friends, because let's face it, we all need to hear greatness from one another. And that's why number 19, the final one that I'm sharing, is my reminder to you. Remember, and this is in the words of one of my very favorite authors that I mentioned earlier, Jensen chero You are a badass. In fact, repeat after me. I am a badass. Say it again. And one more time. You are a badass. Now, I know I started the season telling you that you're gonna be hearing from lots of principals from all over the country. Well, I have to tell you, that was my intent at the beginning of the season. However, as I got into the season, I realized that before we heard from amazing leaders from across the country, it was important that we first kind of focus on ourselves and pour into our own cups so that we were ready to hear from others. Now, with that being said, season seven will be delivering those promises. We will hear from some of the nation's best leaders as they share strategies, successes, and raw leadership advice. Okay, friends, as you go about your week, I challenge you to choose at least three things from this list that you are going to implement as you go about this week. I'm going to invite you to send me a message on Twitter or LinkedIn or both, and let me know which three you are going to try. Next week, I'm going to share some of those on the show or tag me in a post on Twitter using the hashtag BeTheLeaderYouDeserve. Have a great week, friends. And don't forget, you are a badass. If you enjoyed this episode, the top takeaways from season six, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. I'd really love to hear from you all, so reach out this week. Now, if this is your first episode or you've not listened to the rest of this season or any of the other seasons, I encourage you to go back and check them out. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to get automatic episode updates. In fact, do it right now. Go up in the corner and hit subscribe or follow. You will not be sorry you did. And... If we aren't connected on Twitter and LinkedIn, let's change that status. Finally, friends, please take a minute to leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They really do help me out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that I get. All right, leaders, have a great, fantastic week. Many of you are like me, and you're wrapping your school year up. So pat yourself on the back for the great year you've had. And while you're doing that... Don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve and what am I doing about it?